This is your time to lit up with Angela Breidenbach. Lit Up is lighting up the literary world with book reviews, in-depth expert interviews, and ideas for you to design a lucrative writing career. Expand your imagination to enhance your life. Lit Up is always family-friendly, always good for your heart. Now, here is your host to Lit Up, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach with Lit Up, and I am just delighted that you are all with us. We're going to have a really good show because we're going to have the opportunity to interview and discuss writing and books, and not just that, but the how-to of writing books with Scrivener Software, and we'll come into that a little bit later in the show, but my guest today is Liz Tolsma, and she's become a friend over time because we've actually been sister authors in a... This is just so exciting to me to have the opportunity to interview somebody with her credentials and her ability to not only write, but to use some of the techie stuff. And it's that techie stuff that I think is really helpful in our lives and in our careers when we can learn how to master something like that and make our life a little bit easier. So that's what we're going to do today in the show. And I want to tell you a little bit about um, the book that Liz was involved in writing, and it's called The Matchmaker Brides Collection. There's nine meddling matchmakers find love when they least expect it. Now, that already gets me, because, of course, I love matchmaker stories. But and I was one that was brought up in the Hollywood stuff where you get to watch some things like the Liza, you know, in in the movies or the musicals and things like this, and and they're taking Pygmalion and they're turning it into this beautiful musical, and there's there's this, a form of matchmaking going on in there, and there's a form of matchmaking that actually happens in our everyday lives when somebody wants you to meet somebody else, and so it's really fun to see that they were able to find nine stories to put into one book in Barber Publishing. So we're going to meet in this book nine women of the late 1800s who have found themselves in the role of matchmaker. They think they've mastered the art of recognizing romantic potential in others, but when it comes to their own lives, they have been unlucky in love. In small communities from Tennessee to Colorado, Wyoming to Indiana, love unexpectedly enters the women's lives with the men they never imagined marrying. But what will it take to get these ladies to say, I do? And what's really fun about these stories is they get put into uh, collector's editions by Barber Publishing. And what I mean by that is these books are so beautiful that you just have to pick them up. The covers are extremely gorgeous. And then they have inside flaps that tell a little bit about each story. But when you open that inside flap, there is gorgeous artwork. And then inside of that, they have what's called deckled pages. And so the pages have this different, they're not chopped off. So they have this feel to them of the old world. And they're just gorgeous books. I also call them the books for busy women. Because when you're reading a book from Barber that Publishing that has things like um, these deckled pages and nine stories in them. One of the things that busy women don't have is a lot of time. And I think Barbara Publishing found a way 
to meet the need for story and a few moments of escapism, but also encouragement and faith building and things like that through doing these shorter stories. And so you get in a 20,000 word story, the entire thing, and then you get nine of them kind of themed into one book. And that's what this book is all about, is theming one type of a story, matchmakers, into one book. And you can pick it up, read one story, put it down, and come back. And I think that's what makes it so great in our busy, busy women's lives. Now, to tell you a little bit about Liz Tolsma's book um, in this, it's a novella. It's called A Match Made in Heaven. And it's set in 1885, Detweiler, Iowa. Pastor Len Montgomery receives an unusual letter that turns men to the matchmaker he never wanted to be. Oh, my goodness, a male matchmaker. This is fun. But the match he most wants to make, the one with the town's sweet and charming postmistress, may be out of his reach. I think that's adorable. And, you know, I was so interested in this particular story collection that I went and I got a review compilation. So I wanted to kind of, what are people saying about this particular book? And um, I found out people were saying they loved the great stories, had an alluring title and cover, and a delight to read. They also said fun characters with witty dialogue. Now that will catch me any time. And those kinds of stories actually translate well to the screen. So that kind of stuff is really, really fun. Um, They're recommended for readers who enjoy clean, light historicals, because remember, it's a whole story in 20,000 words, so it's not the big 85 to 100,000 word tome, right? A delightful collection of historical novellas set in 1878 through 1895 Americana, well-written and enjoyable, worth the time invested. Now, how many books are actually worth the time you invest in them? I loved that comment. It's an adorably elegant book cover with a teacup, ribbon, and nosegay. So there's little flowers, and it's just gorgeous. The art inside the cover wrap and the deckled pages make these books collector's items. So I think that you're going to love picking up this book, and it's called um, The Matchmaker Bride's Collection, all about little light historical romances. And I want to bring on our guest today. Her name is Liz Tolsma. She's the author of several World War II novels and prairie romance novels. She's a popular speaker and an editor and resides next to a Wisconsin farm field with her husband and their two daughters. Her son is a U.S. Marine. Thank you. Tell him thank you for serving. She enjoys reading, walking, working in her large perennial garden, kayaking, and camping. Please visit her blog, The Story Behind the Story, at LizTolzma.com and follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And her handle is at LizTolzma, and that's spelled T-O-L-S-M-A. She's also a regular contributor to the Pencil Dancer blog and the Midwest Almanac blog. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. So did you feel like your ears were burning there for a few minutes? (laughs) It did. You said an awful a lot of nice things, but what you said was really true. These are absolutely gorgeous books, and I think that uh, you're exactly right when you say Barber hit on something when they used the nine short novellas, because women are busy, and they don't have a lot of time to invest in reading, and this way, if you have a, a, a few minutes to sit down and catch your breath or a Sunday afternoon or something, you can read an entire story in one sitting. And that's what makes it really appealing to a lot of people. I think one of the things that a lot of women struggle with is like maybe even being a working mom 
And would you, you go from work to home uh, to kids' activities to, and oh my gosh, you put the kids to bed, and now it's time to clean the house. And oh, what are we? The sandwich generation. We need to go take care of other family matters. And it's like, so sometimes the only time they get might be that half hour or hour at lunch to breathe and to let their mind take flight. And to me, that's, this is the perfect lunch hour book. I agree. Um, lunch hour, whenever you just have a couple of extra minutes, even if you lock yourself in the bathroom, I have done that so that I could have five minutes to re- myself to read. So uh, anytime you have a few minutes, you can pick it up and get through quite a bit of it. You know, um, you actually did something really nice for me. And it was kind of funny because we were on a, a Skype call. Do you remember this? Uh, or a Google Hangout or something like that with a couple with the other pencil dancers, and um, it was actually you who told me that we would be writing a book together. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. You did not know that we had gotten that contract. I think we'd gotten it the day before or something, and you must not have looked in your email or something. And I I got to tell you that you had a contract, which was really kind of fun. I've never gotten to do that before. I I love delivering good news, so that was that was great. It was so exciting. Yeah, what I found out when I when I researched what had happened was I used I had an old email, and um, my agent had not deleted it from her email, and so when she sent out the notice um, that this book had come through, um, she sent it to the old email, and she had no idea I didn't get it either. <laughs> so, and so we we actually had that happen again here recently. It was pretty funny. Because um, she was like texting, well, how come you haven't got this email? <laughs> like, which one? <laughs> that is, that's funny. So, yeah, if I can throw out another plug, Angela and I are going to be in the Second Chance Brides novella collection from Barber. We'll be in there together, and I believe that releases in August, if I'm not mistaken. And that's going to be another one of these beautiful nine-in-one books with the gorgeous cover. I've seen it. It's it's one of my favorites. And it'll have the deckled uh, pages and, and all that again. It's just so classically Barber. I'm dying to see what they're going to do for the internal um, artwork. When you open the cover and you op- there's a folded cover flap that has the stories on them. When they open that, it's like, what's that picture going to be? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's always the fun part to see what they've done on the inside. The first one I was in was called um, Lassoed by Marriage. And um, that one, and by the way, all of these books are hitting bestsellers, which tells you something about the readers, that that this is really resonating with the readers. But when I got that, I had no idea that it was going to have the deckled pages because, you know, publishers don't tell you what the um, artwork or anything like that's going to be inside or, you know, some of the different design on the, you might see the cover so you can promote it, but you aren't going to see all of the elements of that book until it's in your hands. And getting that and, you know, getting Blue Ribbon Brides and getting your book, it's like looking at these things, they are gorgeous. Tell us what the inside cover artwork is on uh, Matchmaker Brides. Uh, Well, I happen to have it right here. And if you open it up on the inside, it's a picture of uh, a stone wall with stone steps. And uh, a little fence with planters, but climbing all over it are uh, roses, and uh, it's it's spectacular. That's you know frameable art in there actually, and I love roses, so that's especially a favorite of mine. 
So it's beautiful rock wall with climbing roses, almost like a trellis itself or something, you know. Yeah. I think that's going to be really gorgeous for readers to hold in their hands. And I think that's part of the experience. It's like, I love ebooks and I love audiobooks. I love them all. I love turning books into movies. But um, holding, there's nothing like holding a book like that that is a true work of art in your hands. And then even putting this kind of a book on your coffee table uh, for guests to read. So maybe you have visiting guests or maybe like I have a guest room. I actually put books like this in the guest room for guests to read when they go to bed at night or, you know, because I think a lot of people just need that wind down time. And I get the best comments <laughs> from guests who have done that who've gone oh thank you for leaving those books for me <laughs> that's a really great idea I'm actually going to take my book with me to my daughter's therapy and leave it on the table in the waiting room so that the moms waiting for their kids can pick it up and read it too yeah I just got asked by my webmaster to bring by some books that she wants to purchase to be able to do that for people waiting for her and so to me that's a really exciting thing so tell us one more time before we go to break um, title of your book and where people can buy it. The title of the book is The Matchmaker Bride Collection, and it's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, ChristianBook.com, um, all over the place you can get it. Awesome, and you can find Liz at LizTolsma.com, and we'll be back right after the break. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Free radicals and antioxidants are at war with each other. Antioxidants stop free radicals, also known as oxidants, from traveling through your body and damaging your cells. Free radicals are molecules created when they are oxidized or lose electrons. According to Weight Watchers, research suggests that adding antioxidants found in fruits, vegetables, and grains to your diet is well worth it. Antioxidants may help stave off stroke, heart disease, and diabetes. On top of that, some studies indicate that antioxidants may even delay the onset of many age-related diseases. Since your body does not manufacture the main antioxidants, which are vitamin E and C, beta carotene, and the trace metal selenium, it is important to add these to your diets. Be sure to consume fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. I'm Annette Hammond. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. 
is Angela Breidenbach with Lit Up, and we're going to just light up your life with all sorts of great tips about the writing world and the writing industry. And I'm so excited that Liz Tolsma stayed with me because not only is she an excellent writer, not only is she a really fun person to visit with, but she's also really good at using Scrivener. Now, I want to tell you, I bought Scrivener, and I don't get it. I just don't get it. And so I I went to a class at a conference and I tried so hard. But the person who was teaching it, um, great person, great writer, communicated in a different way than my brain could receive. And so I thought some of the things that work in learning new skills is not just to try once. Because once and I fall on my face means I can try this another way. So Liz, I want to try another way. <laughs> Can you well, tell me, as a newbie to Scrivener, um, what would you say is a great way to start using it? A great way to start using it is just to start learning how to use the binder on the left-hand side of the screen. That's going to be exactly like exactly what it says, like a binder. And have everything that you need for your writing in there so you'll like have a ring binder right pardon me as if it were one of those like three ring binders that you get from the store exactly just like that um sarah sundan who is a wonderful world war ii author her. she is big into three ring binders and she has them for all of her books this is sort of the um computer way or the technological way to do three ring binders um, and then you don't have those bulky binders to have to carry around or store anywhere so uh, it's kind of like taking a print book to kindle this takes a this takes a three ring binder to to techie for you exactly you got it so it has um, folders that you can ha have your manuscript in and you can break it down um, I usually break it down by chapters, and then it, within each chapter folder, I have my different scenes so that I have it all right there. I can see my scenes very easily, and if I want to move something around in the story, all I do is drag and drop it to its new spot, and there it is. So it makes it really easy. It also has folders for characters, for places, for research. And you can add your own um, folders if you want folders for something else. So it really what it is is an organization tool so that you don't have to have, you know, 10 or 12 um, Word windows open while you're writing, which is what I used to do. I used to have all my character uh, sketches all open and all of my research open and my manuscript open. And it was just it was a mess and it was so hard to keep track of everything. This is all in one program and it's right at my fingertip. So if while I'm writing, I need to remind myself what my heroine's eye color is, it's really easy to click on that folder and I can get it right away. And then I just click the back button and I'm right back into my manuscript for my work. Oh, that's really cool. So I think my biggest problem was I couldn't wrap my brain around the, you know, that it was all in one place. And I think it scared me to store things in there. Um, okay, so the first question is, how do I store something in it? 
and uh, answer that first, and then I'll ask my next questions. <laughs> sure. By store something, you mean where do you, how do you save it? Yeah. Well, how where how do you know where to put it? So, like, if I had a picture of my um, character, my heroine or our hero, um, how do I save it to it, and how do I know where I can put it so I can kind of click around? Sure. Um, so, for example, let's take your example. You have a picture of your heroine, and you want to put it into your your um, character thing folder. So you would just click on your character folder, and um, you can start a new document for your character sketch or whatever. And the best way I've found there is an import that you can import pictures from different places. I haven't found that works real well. What I found actually works the best is copying the picture and then just pasting it right on the page there. And there it is. It's, it's wow. simple. Okay. I totally get copy paste. So yep. with, with this photo, um, when you're doing that and you're, and you're filling up Scrivener with all these different books, how do you know that it's not going to, you know, how do you find out how much storage it has or do you need a lot of storage for it and does it actually end up saving you storage on like your email i use email i use gmail as a major tool where i've created like these folders on the side and everything i have for each book is stored in there while my gmail account's getting so heavy and so i'm thinking maybe i could transfer some of these photos and things over to scrivener and it's you know I, what do you think of that idea? Uh, you could do that, and that might save you some room. I don't know. Um, I save all of my Scrivener projects to uh, Dropbox so that I'm sure I always have it. And I have so many books on there now that I am having to – I keep getting these little notices that my Dropbox is almost full – yeah, and there. all I do, I happen to have four different email addresses anyway, so I just create a different Dropbox account under a different um, email address and stick my older books in there that I don't need anymore. So Suppose you could then create like a file inside Scrivener that has the links and passwords and all that stuff into and each email into storage there so you have a system of reminding yourself where certain books are yes you could definitely do that and then in so in this binder it, there's like this bigger binder so each book or each file type or organizational system would then have its own folder and then you open that up and it goes bigger and you see the files within that actually i have a scrivener project for each different book so I don't have all of my books all in one file. It's there are different files for each different book. So, but they're all I, the greater Scrivener file, right? Or uh, uh, app? Right. They're all under the Scrivener program. That's correct. Okay. And now to buy Scrivener, it's really not that expensive. And there's been a lot of like um, discounts that come around throughout the year. I keep seeing things like 20% off and stuff like that every now and again. But I, th I think I spent maybe 30, 35 on it. Would you say I'm in the right arena? You're in the right arena. That sounds about right. And you're right. They do have specials throughout the year. Actually, best time to um, get it is 
during um, NaNoWriMo in November, that's when they have their really big special. Of course, that's not till November. But like you said, if you keep your eyes open, you can get it um, for not very much money. The other thing that I did is I also bought um, Learn Scrivener Fast. And you can just Google Learn Scrivener Fast. Joseph Michael is the man who put this together, and it's a fabulous program. It costs about two to three times as much as the actual Scrivener, but in there it has everything that you need to learn how to use Scrivener and it's all broken up into different segments. So for example, if I can't remember how to um, compile my Scrivener into a Word document, I can just go online into my account on Learn Scrivener Fast, find that tutorial. They're all about two or three minutes long. I can watch that and say, oh, that's right. That's how I do it again. And then I'm off. So it's a really excellent tool. And even though it's quite a bit more expensive than the program itself, I highly recommend it because it makes the Scrivener itself very useful to you. That's a really cool idea. In fact, maybe we could have him on the show sometime in the future and uh, get some some more Scrivener tips from him. But if you were if you were to say then that not just the tool, but you know a great system for learning the tool, and in this case, Scrivener um, is well worth your time. That's investing into your career, and I think investing into your career. Uh, helps you to make money later. So sometimes we panic over spending money that we shouldn't. Would you say? You're exactly right about that. I fought getting a Learn Scrivener Fast for a long time, but I'm really glad that I went ahead and did it because it has saved me so much time and so many headaches. I had in the past lost some stuff in Word. I have never lost anything at all in Scrivener. It's automatically saves every two seconds. So it's been well worth learning how to do it because in the long run, it saved me a lot of time and headaches. Well, we're going to go to break now, but I think it's a really important thing that we learn about the business of writing or about the business of achieving our dreams. And thank you, Liz Tolsma, for being with us today for doing this. So we'll be back with more with Liz Tolsma in just a couple of minutes. If you want to learn more about Liz, her name is L-I-Z-T-O-L-S-M-A. Com. And my name is Angela Breidenbach, and you can find out more about me and even the books that we are writing together at AngelaBreidenbach.com. That's B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. And we'll see you right after this break. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. According to Men's Health Magazine, Australian researchers found that every hour in front of the TV trims 22 minutes from your life. A study at the University of Vermont discovered that overweight participants who cut their daily television time in half from an average of five hours to two and a half hours burned an extra 119 calories a day. Another study reported that overweight people had an average of 3.4 television sets in their homes, while lean people had an average of 2.6 television sets. It is reported that of people who lost weight, 
63% of them watch less than 10 hours of TV a week. All this research should encourage you to watch TV in moderation and choose to go for a brisk walk instead of sitting in front of the television. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Girlfriended is on Togginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach, and we are just so glad you're with us here today on Lit Up and with our guest, Liz Tolsma. And we're learning a lot about how to use Scrivener. And in this uh, segment of the show, we're going to visit with Liz a little bit more about her favorite tips and tricks for how to use Scrivener to write her books. So, Liz, I'm just curious, what are, you know, if you were to sit down and open up Scrivener, um, are there any things that you do specifically to just get started with it, with your day, with your, with what you're going to write? Sure. When I start each day and open up my Scrivener program, what I do, and because I my goal is to write a chapter a day, I will start a new folder in my binder for chapter 10 or whatever chapter I'm on. And then under that, I will have my subfolders for my different scenes. And I am able to title those scenes so that I know what's in those scenes. And they come up as little... Um, index cards on a cork board, which I think is kind of cool because it gives you a visual of what you're doing. So it's like you're tacking a, a, a note card to your bulletin board. And on that note card, you can have the title of the scene, who's in the scene. You can even write a little synopsis of that scene so that you know what's going on. You can do it ahead of time. So if you're more of a plotter, you can have these little cards all set up so you know what to write in each scene. So that's kind of cool. There's also a way that you can, if you go to, um, if you right click on the card, it will come up and you'll see it says label. And you can um, do different colors for each different card can be different colors. And so what I do is I color each card according to which character's POV I'm in. So I can see if I'm in my heroine's POV, my hero's POV and the antagonist POV, some secondary character, 
and it works really well for me, especially when I write my full-length World War II novels, and I have usually about four different POVs going on. I can look back and say, oh, I haven't had him on screen for a while. I need to get him on screen. And so um, I really, really like that. That's very helpful, and it's a really good visual for me. So that's one of my favorite things, and that's the first thing I do in the morning when I start working. The other thing that I like to do is I need a lot of motivation to be able to get a chapter written each and every day. So there's a, diff- a couple different ways that you can keep track of your words. There's a great big bullseye at the top of Scrivener. And if you click on that, what that does is it brings up a um, word counter or a project target counter. And you can have a it has a manuscript target. So um, say you're working on a full-length novel and you want to have it be about 85,000 words. You put 85,000 in there and it keeps track of how many words are in your entire manuscript. Not only that, but it has the little line up there that starts out red and as you go through and get you know, further along in your book, it turns orange and then yellow and then light green and then nice and dark green and you know you're done. Oh, and there's, there's like this color-coded reward system. I like reward systems. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not only just for the manuscript because that can, you know, get kind of hard when it's read for a while when you're first starting. There's also session targets. So if I want my chapters to be about 2,000 or 2,500 words, I can put that in and see how far I'm getting for my day, how many words I want to get written that day. And then for each different scene, I can also set a target. So if I know I'm going to have, um, especially when I write my, my novellas, I know that I'm, they're going to be about 1,500 words in a chapter. And Barbara really likes to have it pretty even between the hero and heroine. So I know that I need to give them each about 750 words in each scene. And that keeps track of that for me, too. And that has the little line that turns green. So I got lots of lines going on and turning green and things for me. And it really does keep me going. I know, okay, I'm at 450 words. I got to keep going. And, you know, then I'm at 1,300 words. Oh, I'm almost done for the day. Let's get this done. So it's very motivating for me. That is something that really blows me away because those kinds of things where you're competing against yourself, those are really helpful motivation tricks for any writer. So uh, that is something I never even really realized about Scrivener. So thank you. Um, So if you, I have to go back a real quick question, the corkboard thing. Mm -hmm. I think I got confused on the corkboards because does that corkboard view change for whichever level you're in in Scrivener? So if I'm starting out and, and I'm seeing all the project files, uh, is, that, is there a corkboard there or do I have to open up the book file and then there's a corkboard at different levels in there? Do you know what I'm asking? I think I do. And that's a really good question. Right. You're going to have a main manuscript folder and... Mm-hmm. That will come up, if you click on that, it will come up as a corkboard. And you can then see cards for each of your chapters um, and those folders. And then you can click on those and you can see corkboard for each of the scenes. 
And you can also switch views. You can have a cork board view. Um, you can have a, um, click on it here. I can't remember what they're called, but you have a manuscript view, a, click, a cork board view, and an outline view, an outliner view. So if you kind of have a little outline, it will, it will take those cards, and instead of being note cards, they'll put it into a little outline for you. Oh, I kind of like that. That's kind more of a uh, how my brain works in outlines. Like uh, we talked about uh, in Sandra Beck and I had done a 13-week series on how to be a writer, basically. And in there, you know, we were talking about how to plot a book. And I plot a book like I consider it like a skeleton view. And so I think if I were which I do plan to use Scrivener, but I'm loving getting these tips from you because I now will understand it better. <laughs> and I have to admit, I will probably go ahead and pay to get the tutorials. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, to get the, your caliber of, of career, somebody saying, hey, this is what I did and it was worth the, the spending the money. I'm like, mm, okay, I'll probably go ahead and spend the money, you know, because that kind of a referral to me is is worth its weight in gold, literally. So, um, but what I do is I do a skeleton plot. And so I do a couple of lines per chapter and then I free flow write based on those couple of lines within the chapter. And I've done what you're talking about, like um, dragging and dropping um, different scenes and things like that. But in Word, obviously you have to copy paste. And I have copy pasted in the wrong spot over top of something I didn't want to lose and I've lost it. And so what I think you're telling me is in Scrivener, I can drag and drop the the scene and I won't do what I did in Word. You got it. You can um, open up your entire manuscript, see everything there, and it is excellent for um, anybody who's an outliner or a plotter. Um, I'm not. I'm a pantser, but it still works great for me, too. And that's really one of the wonderful things about Scrivener is that it has so many different options and so many different ways that you can use it that it works for anybody, whether you're left-brained or right-brained or whole-brained or whatever you are, um, it works for you. And the drag and drop is wonderful because um, I had a, a book that I was working on. I actually finished it and I realized I just didn't like the order in which things happened. I, I had something just not quite in the right place. And in Word, it would have been copy, paste, and move around, and it would have messed up my formatting for my manuscript and all that. And in Scrivener, all I did was I just took that scene and I dragged it and dropped it where it needed to go, and it was there, and it was perfect. Oh, I think that's awesome because that actually just happened to me. On uh, I have Captive Brides. It's coming out in October. And I, I, in that novella, I was trying to change around a little bit of the, you know, in the three-act play, which I think we'll get into a little bit about that in the next, in the next um, segment, but, and how Scrivener might help us with that. But in the, in the three-act play, I realized that I hit a particular pinnacle point, and the pinnacle point I needed was actually uh, in, the, in the second act, and I needed to flip-flop those, and I spent hours redoing my formatting because I had I had to completely change where I had certain chapters and so I think that's a really good point that would help me going forward in 
using Scrivener instead of, of Word. And then I understand you can use um, Scrivener to uh, transport it or export it back out over to Word so you can actually keep a Word doc of it. And Scrivener does things like PDF, right? And Yeah, you can um, take it, your manuscript, and compile it. And um, you can compile just uh, your different scenes into a chapter and send that out like I do for my crit partners or when I'm completely done with it and it's time to send it to the um, publisher I can I can do the whole thing and it literally takes a minute to do and, and it's in a word document it's very usable and I think that for marketing it's really nice to be able to have your chapters separate as well so if you want to just put up one chapter uh, as a sample chapter you know, maybe on your website or on social media or something like that, um, you could do that easily and maybe you could t- turn that into a PDF? Right. Yeah. You can save it as a PDF if you want to. There is even a word okay, that you can use Scrivener to publish right Kindle. So that's another excellent way. I've not tried that, but I've heard it's just amazing and amazingly easy to do. Well, we're going to go into our next break, but if people want to um, find you and find out the things that you speak on, can you tell us how to find you real quick? Sure. They can find me on my website, which is liztolsma.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm the only Liz Tolsma around, so if you look me up, L-I-Z-T-O-L-S-M-A, you'll find me. And Liz Tolsma and I are also Christian Authors Network authors, and we have featured author pages there at ChristianAuthorsNetwork.com. And we will be back right after the break and talk a little bit more about how to build your career with Scrivener. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Soups are often included in healthy, low-calorie diet plans. But as with most foods, the calories and nutritional value can be very diverse. A typical bowl of soup has two cups and can range from 75 calories for a bowl of gazpacho to over 600 calories for some chowders. Research shows that many soups are very high in sodium. When tested, the results showed that 99% of the supposedly healthy and light soups contain salt above the daily recommended level. When choosing soups, go for the broth and water-based varieties. In general, the more water a soup contains, the less calories. Skip cream-based soups that are full of fat. It is always best to order a cup of soup rather than a bowl. 
keep your quantity small and your calories low. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach with Lit Up, and we are here to light up your life in the literary world, from books to movies, for building your career. If you are a reader who wants to know more about the authors, about the screenwriters, or about the tools to use to try building a career in the writing industry, no matter what you write, that's what we're here for. So we're hoping that we're going to enlighten, enliven, and just help you to enjoy what it is to be a writer and to build your dreams. So Liz Tolsma is my guest today. She's also a sister author in an upcoming book that we have coming out in August of 2017 called Second Chance Brides. And we have talked a little bit about her book that just came out called Matchmaker Brides Collection and how she's able to get so much done in her writing career is the tool that she uses called Scrivener. And she is teaching me, who has been a diehard word user, (laughs) how to wrap her brain around Scrivener. (laughs) So, Liz, would you tell us one more time what the tutorial site was that you used? Sure, that tutorial site is called Learn Scrivener Fast. And if you just Google that, you'll come up um, on it. It's um, a man named Joseph Michael. He's the one who has put it all together and has done really an amazing job with it. There is everything that you need to know about Scrivener is on there. And there are different levels that you can buy. So if you just really need the basics and nothing more which is great you can get the most basic package or you can get um, more professional packages that give you little insider tips and tricks and then if you're really going to use it for self-publishing there's another level that you can buy that will include all of that to help you like I mentioned before publish it right from Scrivener to Kindle and so that's um, another way that you can go. But I would highly recommend that program to anybody because um, it's right there. Like I said, it's in small chunks. So if I don't need to try to search to try to find how to do something, it's all right there um, for me. And um, I, it just takes a couple of minutes to refresh my memory on what I've forgotten. You know, that's the thing with some of these tools is uh, we think we have to be perfect before we start using them. And on top of that, it's like sometimes there's so much to learn. So like, for instance, you know, I use Excel sometimes. I I could not for the life of me figure out how to make the little squares do numbers. But then again, I'm not a number person. <laughs> but, you know, to, to realize that even you could use something so simple as the basics and then maybe um, do you think do you know whether or not you're able to just upgrade if you decide you want to learn more? That I'm not sure about. You'd have to go on and look. Um, I got um, the package that gives me all the basics plus a few insider tips and tricks and also on how you can use Scrivener for blogging, which I have not tried yet, but when I get a chance, I'm going to do those tutorials and look into that. 
So there's I heard about that, but I I didn't realize you could do that. And people are using it um, from what I've been gathering across like the social media spectrum. I have heard that they're using it for blogging. They're using it for, of course, book writing, like um, screenwriting. Have you have you heard about the screenwriting side of it? That's right. When you start a new Scribner file, you can choose different um, formats to 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 be able to use it. Um, you can use just a plain novel. You can use a novel with parts, which for you, Angela, since you're a a plotter would probably be the best for you because then you can set it out in your different acts and you can have it, it um, out that way. Um, and there's a nonfiction one. And then there's also a um, screenwriting one. Excuse That's me. So, so cool. Yeah. So you can, well, no matter what it is that you write, it's not just for fiction authors. It's for nonfiction screenwriters, bloggers, whatever you write. Scribner is good for you. That's really cool. I, I did buy uh, Final Draft, and I'm going to um, take some tutorials on on how to use Final Draft as well. And I think it'll be fascinating to kind of look between the two of them and see if there's a specific style that I like, you know, between them better. You know, because sometimes the tool you use is what helps you to be a better writer or a better whatever it is that you do. There's certain tools that really fit different, you know, occupations better, but then there's like different tools that work better with different personality types as well. You're uh, right. Mm -hmm. What kind of a personality type do you have? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, gee, I am definitely, like I said, not a plotter. I'm a pantser. I'm a very visual learner. So that's why the corkboard is good for me. I like seeing that right in front of my eyes and being able to turn the cards different colors so I can see things right away. So that really helps me because I, I have to be able to see things in order yeah. to be to, to, to do it well. You can't just tell me something. I, I'm that way with directions and everything. Please just don't tell me how to do something or how to get somewhere because... I, w I won't remember, but if you show me it, then I will remember. I totally get that. It's like people are like, why don't you put things up? Okay, let's just, let's get real here. My husband's like, why don't you put things away? <laughs> <laughs> and my, my answer is if I can't see it, I don't know it exists. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I'm the same way. Yes. And my, you should see my office. I just have stuff spread out all over the place. So I remember to do it or use it or something. Here's, here's a deep, dark secret I have for filming, for doing like uh, interviews and things like that. If we're, if we're doing video platforms like Skype or Hangouts or whatever, I have a really pretty little corner in my office that never gets messed up. The rest of my office, which is 90% of the rest of my, okay, 75% of the rest of my office is a complete disaster area because I know where everything is when it's all laid out in front of me. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Sounds like Scribner might be a good thing for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it does. It has it all right there for you. Like I said, you can click on your characters or you can click on your places. And I, I'll put pictures of the, the town that there that it takes place in and the house that they live in and where they work. And I'll have all those pictures there so that my very visual brain can access that really easily. And I'll have it right there at my fingertips. Don't have to search for it. 
that takes me into where I think we really want to go with this is how does it um, help you further your career? And I think you just hit the nail on the head right there. If all of your photos, if all of your research, if everything is right there in one place, it makes it easy for you to go find marketing details, right? That's right. Um, actually, what I usually do is I have, uh, and it even has a little folder for front matter. And I also start a new folder for um, any anything. If, if I write a line and I say, ooh, that's a really good line, I can use that when I tweet out about my book or something like that. I will take that. I'll copy right, that right into that little folder and I will have it right at my fingertips so that when I go to send out a bunch of tweets or something like that, I have all of those little lines or whatever right there at my fingertips and they're easy to find. I'm not going to be searching through a stack of papers to try to get to them. Oh, you just really impressed me. So like you could write a whole bunch of tweets in a folder, couldn't you? You could, definitely. Oh, oh, you're becoming dangerous to me. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of a, if you had a favorite, favorite um, tip that if you could help save anybody time using Scrivener, what would it be? Um, my very favorite thing about Scrivener is the um, the project targets and being able to set goals for myself every day. And that I need that motivation. I need that kick in the pants. Otherwise, I'm just going to, you know, sit here and play on Facebook and, and everything like that. But if I have that and I'm saying I have to get this finished and the sooner I get this finished, I could do something else, then I'm, yeah. I'm on there. I think that's a really great thing because, like you said, you know, it's very easy to play on Facebook. I, Muse and Writer, you know, we play on, on Facebook and Instagram um, a lot. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's how I get my creative juices flowing, but it's also because of the response you get from, from readers when they say they need that uplifting thing. But right. I'm thinking that you just gave me a great idea, even for Muse and Writer, because I've been asked for books with Muse and Writer. And so I think what I'll do is start collecting those things that I do, putting them in Scrivener, and then I'll be able to compile a, a book right there. And I just never thought about that before talking to you. Um, we're getting ready to come into the end of the show, and I don't want to go without giving you the chance to just share something from the heart, what it is that you would love your readers to know about you, Liz Tolsma. Um, boy. What I would love for them to know about me, Um, just that I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about my writing because I want to reach my readers. I want it to be more than just an activity. I want reading to be a real experience for them. Um, I want them to come into my world. I invite them into the worlds that I create, and I want them to have fun. I want them to cry. I want them to smile. I want them to learn something. I want them to grow in their faith, and that's really why I do what I do. Oh, I love that, and I think it's really important that we understand that as readers and as writers that in writing, we're putting our, our heart and our brain right there. You're actually coming into the most intimate part of another human being when you read what's in their mind. And you do that when you're reading a book from an author. So I just think it's it's wonderful. And thank you so much for being with us here today, Liz, because um, you just had so much great information to share. And I do plan now to go and get that tutorial. <laughs> okay. 
And thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy chatting with you and um, with your listeners. So it's been great fun. I appreciate it. And you can find Liz Tolsma at LizTolsma.com. And my name is Angela Breidenbach, and you're here at Lit Up. And you can find more about me at AngelaBreidenbach.com. And I hope you'll join us next time. And we're going to learn a little bit about editing from uh, Liz and I and our friend, uh, another pencil dancer coming up, Jennifer Vanderclip. So thank you, and you all have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on Lit Up. Light up your literary world, expand your imagination, enhance your life. Lit Up will be back next week with another great conversation. Join us, won't you, right here on Lit Up. There's no place I'd rather be.